Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 136. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome back to the MCAT podcast. We are here breaking down Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Thank you for taking some time out of your day. We have been breaking down Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10 since episode 97, way back in June of 2018, breaking down question by question, section by section, all of the MCAT Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10. This week is no different. We're jumping in with our first discrete set of questions for PsychSoch. All right, Claire, back for some more psych social. I'm feeling pumped. Psych social. I've been <laughs> I've been doing really well. And and I don't want to get very braggy here because obviously the <laughs> students do struggle with psych social. And as soon as uh, as soon as you get a little confident, the MCAT has a tendency to come back and smack you in the face. So I'm gonna <laughs> hopefully keep keep my uh my happiness to a, a low here and, and hopefully continue to do well. We are in our first discrete set here from PsychSoch Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10. We talked back in bio biochem about potential strategies for like, let's hit up all the discretes first and then go back to the passages. Do you think that like PsychSoch has any extra benefits for doing discretes before passages or you don't see any differences there? Honestly, I think there's actually a little bit less of a reason to do that just because virtually nobody ever runs out of time on PsychSoch. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think if I've ever had a student who's had like persistent timing issues and I I don't think I have. So it's like, well, the big benefit of doing discretes first is that you do the 15 discretes first and then you can just take whatever time you have left and really neatly divide it into time per passage but if you're not going to run out of time anyway, you might as well go through it in order and save yourself the effort of like sort of clicking around for a minute trying to find where the discretes are first. Mm. Okay, makes sense. Totally. All right, so I'll start off here with question 10. And again, just a reminder, you can follow along by downloading the handout by going to the actual blog post for this episode at mcatpodcast.com and find this episode. This is ex, uh, episode 136, I believe. 
And so just go to episode 136 and you can click on download handout right there. All right, question 10. Survey responses can be prone to subjective bias due to varying interpretation of questions. Blood levels of which of the following would best operationalize feelings of stress? All right, so this is one of those where, remember a couple episodes ago when we were talking about psychosocial, I'm like, yeah, there's some bio kind of physiology <laughs> kind of anatomy stuff in here. And right off the bat here, question 10, we have more of a, a physiology question. So the question is asking what what basically is a marker of stress and A, cytokines, B, epinephrine, C, cortisol, and D, free radicals and from my knowledge, C, cortisol is the stress hormone. You're right. All right. <laughs> Continuing to be on a roll. I'll take it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this one is, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. So it's um, basically, they might throw us off at this first sentence about survey responses and then that term operationalized. But all operationalized means is that some uh, subjects of a study, like some topics, might not be that easy to quantify and measure. So like feelings of stress, you know, how do, how do we measure feelings of stress? Do we like ask people if they're stressed out? And then they could give all these subjective responses. Um, so that we're trying to figure out a way we can really have something quantifiable, measurable related to stress and see cortisol is a stress hormone. So it's perfect. All righty. All right. Question 11. Groupthink tends to exacerbate the tendency of individuals to favor the reasoning and decisions of associates in the group. Another way of saying this is that people experiencing groupthink have a blank. And then A is confirmation bias, B is in-group bias, C is self-serving bias, and D is attribution bias. Huh. So groupthink. So another way of saying this is that people experiencing groupthink. So another way of saying that there's a tendency to exacerbate individuals to favor the reasoning and decisions of associates in the group. So is that confirmation? So in-group bias to me right away, I'm like, ah, groupthink, in-group, that's too close. I'm not going to pick that one. I don't know <laughs> if that, if that right works. Self-serving bias thinks to me seems the opposite than groupthink. So I would cross that out as well. So B and C are out. I'm left with confirmation bias and attribution bias. Confirmation bias is what I'm leaning towards. Attribution bias, less so. So I would go with A. Hopefully I narrowed it down to 50-50, but I would go with A. <laughs> this is So this is the tricky one. And it actually is B. Oh, it is in group. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah. tricky. Never. Yeah, never. It's so, it's so counterintuitive, but you never want to eliminate an answer choice just because it looks too easy. Ugh. It's it's so funny because everyone thinks, oh, like the MCAT's such a hard test. Like uh, Questions are always going to be difficult and try to trick me. And then they'll get rid of these answer choices. It seems super obvious. But no, it, it is the obvious one. Oh, <laughs> all right. In-group. Group think in-group. Totally. Yeah. In-group <laughs> in is just um, members of the same group. Um, usually they share some demographic characteristics uh, with yourself. So you'll, you'll tend to be biased to favor their opinions and their decisions as opposed to members of an out group, which is a group that's not part of your close circle, essentially. 
<laughs> it's like um, <laughs> outside is not in the building. What's another way of saying outside? <laughs> not inside. No, that's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh, it's man. That. All right. In group. There's my first miss in a while. Yeah. I'll take it. Question 12. The strong negative effect that losing a long-term employee can have on a hospital is most likely due to the effect on the A, cultural capital of the organization, B, group polarization of the organization, C, institutional memory of the organization, or D, social facilitation of the organization. Hmm. The negative effect that losing a long-term employee, institutional memory, social facilitation, cultural capital, group polarization. I, right off the bat, go to a cultural capitalization or cultural capital, I think, because just culture and employees and somebody who's a long-term employee is building up culture. And so that's that, to me, jumps off uh, right off the bat as potentially the answer so i'd go with a cultural capital so the answer to this one is going to be c although cultural capital i believe is um almost certainly the one that is like most students pick who don't pick c Mm. but because cultural capital is a weird concept that a lot of people don't have um the right definition in their head with but um cultural capital essentially is it's not financial capital so it's not wealth uh it's not social capital because social capital is the connections you form um, like people you know, your network. Yeah. Um, cultural capital is like everything else. So things like um, the way you talk, um, how like well-read and articulate you are, um, just things that basically contribute to your social standing that aren't the other two. Okay. Institutional memory. This is actually one a favorite concept of mine because it's very relevant in like corporate life also. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ever worked at a corporation, um, institutional memory is just sort of the collective. Sometimes it's written, but often it's not written memory of like policies and procedures and things like that of, of the organization itself. So when you lose someone who's worked at a place for a long time, it's almost impossible that every single thing they know will be documented. So you're going to lose some of that institutional memory and the new people who come on are going to have to sort of learn how to do it again for themselves. Okay. What about group polarization and social facilitation? Yeah. So group polarization is just, it ends up being irrelevant to this context, but it's super relevant to MCAT psych, where group polarization is this idea that if you get people in a group and they share an opinion, and then you sort of get them talking about that opinion, they'll tend to leave the conversation more extreme in that opinion than otherwise. So like we have an example with like, oh, if you just take five people who love chocolate in a room, and then you ask them to like make a presentation about chocolate, they're probably going to come out of that presentation thinking like, oh my God, like I love chocolate, like even more than I thought. And then social facilitation is just the, basically a phenomenon where if you're performing something in front of a group, your performance will be either better. Like if you're really confident at that activity, your performance will be much better than it would be if you were performing alone. But if you're not very confident or practiced at that activity, your performance can suffer because you're nervous. Okay. (laughs) So a lot of good terms. All right, next one. All right, number 13. One of Janice's eight characteristics of groupthink is self-censorship, the withholding of opposing information by group members. It is brought on by another one of Janice's characteristics, the pressure for conformity, which encourages the uniformity of opinion and characterizes deviation from the group's ideas as disloyal. 
this self-censorship in the face of pressure and perceived loyalty is most similar to A, de-individuation, B, cognitive dissonance, C, repression, or D, sublimation? Oh, man. Um, so D, so, so I'm kind of thinking about question 11 and the whole group thinking in group. And so A to me is like, oh, that sounds like a potential answer. D, individuation, because Janice is reducing her as an individual and going more towards the group. So that to me is like, oh, that must be it, because that seems pretty easy as as a straightforward definition, potentially. B, cognitive dissonance doesn't sound right. C, repression, I think a lot of students may want to pick because it's like, oh, she's repressing her her own thoughts and sublimation i would i don't remember the definition of that so just based on that i would choose a as a must be based on just the potential definition great oh. so see you already already learned from a previous <laughs> mistake that's awesome yeah a de-individuation is the perfect answer here and de-individuation is something that's really closely related to groupthink and basically, it's just this this tendency when we're in a large group, especially if we are sort of anonymized um, and we, we kind of tend to lose our sense of individuality and we get very aligned with, uh, with the group itself. So it's perfect. And you were totally right, too, about C being a big trap answer, repression. Um, and repression is uh, when somebody who maybe has experienced something traumatic, for example, just doesn't think about it. They repress that, that thought. But we don't know that these people are repressing anything. They could totally be thinking about how it might not be great to go along with the group. They could be thinking those thoughts, but they're just acting to to still align with the group anyway. Okay. And then sublimation? Sublimation is another one of Freud's ego defense mechanisms. So there's a bunch. If you If you have a chance to look them up, they're super, super helpful to understand. But basically, sublimation is where um, it's actually very similar to one that we talked about in, in previous uh, episodes. But uh, sublimation is where if you have thoughts or urges that are not socially acceptable. So essentially, like, let's say you, oh, what's a good example of this? Oh, I don't know. Let's say you're you're like really attracted to somebody who you oh, who you like work with or something, right? And like you you can't uh, be around that person. So you sublime it into feeling really attracted to someone else. Uh, it's, it's a really bad example, but it's basically taking unacceptable impulses and trying to use transcend them into something better or something more acceptable. Okay. Yeah, random, but they're, they're all really good. There's um, all sorts of other ones, uh, I think eight at least that are MCAT relevant that you should look into. And then cognitive dissonance, that one might be pretty uh, much more familiar to you, but that's where uh, your behaviors don't align like with your thoughts or with your beliefs. So let's say you're, um, oh, I actually had a friend who was a great example of this, where she was super, super religious, but she also really, and her religion didn't really tolerate alcohol consumption, but she also, you know, had a lot of friends who she was around a lot who drank a lot of alcohol. And so over time, it's like, well, do you go along with your beliefs or do you go along with your actions? And over time, I think she actually ended up not hanging out with those friends anymore because they didn't align with her deeply held religious beliefs. All right. She didn't give in to peer pressure. She did not. No. She's good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you have it. Our psych-social discrete questions. 
I liked those ones. Those ones were were fun for me. So hopefully you did just as well. And hopefully this podcast is helping you crush your MCAT prep. We love coming here every week, helping you out for free, getting this free MCAT prep. I would love a rating and review in return if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening on. If there's a way to rate or review, I would love for you to do that in uh, the your podcast of choice. So go ahead and do that. And if you are looking for some beginning MCAT material, check out the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT, which is a book that I co-wrote with Next Step Test Prep and will help you kind of understand everything that you need to know about the MCAT, as well as ha- having some uh, some strategies and tips in there as well. Again, that's the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT, which you can get on your Kindle device, or you can buy a paperback on Amazon. Again, Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT. And if you're looking at applying, or you are in the middle of applications maybe as well, I have the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement and Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Interview as well. Go check those out. And we'll see you next week here on the MCAT Podcast. 